Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. We are your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Well, this show is brought to you by Lumit.com. Check it out if you need some financing, especially for multifamily, senior, student. These guys do a great job. Tell them Michael Bull sent you from America's Commercial Real Estate Show. You can find their contact information at Lumit.com. Well, today we're going to talk about retail. You know, retail has been an incredible sector. It's like, you know, we, we heard there was the death of retail when the Internet was strong and then COVID was strong and the retail's going out, kind of like we heard in the Great Recession that homes and housings were going, were going to be kaput forever. And, of course, now we're hearing offices done forever. But, yeah, th- things do change, right? Retail has been doing well. But, you know, all commercial real estate um, sectors are, are having some challenges from time to time, right? We're having the insurance costs. We're having crime issues in some of the downtown areas. Of course, we have the higher interest rates are hurting uh, both tenants uh, and, and ownership groups. So uh, what's going on? Well, let's get to scoop. Please welcome my guest. It's Tom McGee. He is CEO of ICSC, International Conference of Shopping Centers, and he's uh, joining us on video. Tom, good to see you. Hi, Michael. Good to be with you. Well, thank you. And let's uh, let's get a start. I know everyone uh, around the country knows about ICSC, but tell us about how many members, how long you guys been around, and you know who who are the members of ICSC. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, ICSC has over fifty thousand members. Um, you know, we represent everyone that participates in the marketplace industry. So that's uh, owners, developers. Uh, retailers and tenants, uh, service providers, uh, financial institutions, uh, attorneys, uh, uh, accountants, et cetera. If you if you participate in the marketplace industry where people shop, work, dine, and play, uh, you're likely a member of ICSC. Uh, ICSC has been around uh, for you know almost 70 years now. Uh, we're well known uh, as really the preeminent organization kind of serving uh, the marketplaces industry, but we really, you know, bring people together. Uh, Our number one value proposition is bringing people together to network uh, to support, you know, their business. Uh, You know, we're well known for our large conferences, ICSC Las Vegas, ICSC New York, uh, ICSC Southeast that will be coming soon in your region and a whole host of others throughout the country, as well as a, a large number of local events. And so, uh, as well as research and other tools for the industry and public advocacy. So we've been around a long time. Uh, we have a very large, diverse membership. Uh, and looking forward to talking to you about the industry. Yeah. I tell you, if, uh, if in, most listeners are going to be very familiar with ICSC, but in, in case you're not or, or you're helping some folks understand about ICSC, really makes retail real estate one of the more efficient sectors, in, in my view, you know, in a brokerage shop that we do all sorts of properties in the Southeast. And, and retail just can become very efficient. And the uh, ICSC Vegas uh, convention is absolutely incredible. I remember the first year I went, I don't know. I expected people, you know, giving out trinkets at booths and saying hello. But everywhere I looked, it was like people signing leases, signing contracts, just <laughs> do it. Hey, we're going to go here. We're going to go here. It was like a lot of transactions were going on. Yeah, it's a working show. So, you know, it, a lot of trade shows have the reputation of, of what you just said, which is people, 
you know, walk by booths and they get kind of trinkets and so forth. Where I see a C Vegas is really about people, you know, every 30 minutes, uh, people get together and they talk about uh, what's going on in their business. What are the growth opportunities? What are the leasing opportunities, et cetera? And they, they get work done. And so whether they sign a lease or they advance a conversation, um, you know, that takes place in Las Vegas and, and all of our events. And, you know, retail is unique, I think, in all the forms of commercial real estate, because while relationships are important in business in general, uh, they're particularly important in retail real estate. You know, the, the curation of the mix of who's in a property is so important and really thinking through how you, you know, how you balance your property of, of relative to uh, the needs of that property, the demographics of the community they operate in and so forth. So relationships are key, which plays to kind of, you know, ICSC strength and, and service offerings. Yeah, well, good point. And, uh, you know, you, as you mentioned, you have your Southeast Conference coming in Atlanta, October 17th and 18th. So if you have anything to do with retail real estate, you really want to be involved with ICSC. And that's coming from me uh, as a broker uh, with no dog in the hunt here. I'm just giving advice here on the, on the show. And let's talk about the performance of retail, because I think it depends on where you are in the country. And, and maybe if you're kind of urban or suburban, you can kind of look at retail, or if you're looking at maybe some of the older malls, or you're looking at some of the new mixed use, vibrant developments. In one hand, it can look like things are going extremely well, a lot of demand. And then in some spots, you, uh, you have some challenges. What do you see overall for performance in retail today? Yeah, no, I, th I think you've highlighted it well. You know, first of all, suburban retail is, is basically on fire right now. I mean, uh, particularly the open air space, um, you know, the demand for a uh, good location and open air uh, retail is at its strongest in, in, in history, certainly in my tenure. Um, you know, the industry was at the epicenter of the pandemic. There's no doubt about that. But so many things that were accelerated during the course of the pandemic. And then we learned that how we, we refamiliarized ourselves with how important it is for, for people to socialize and how much they value you know, going to their local shopping center and marketplace. And so uh, open air retail and uh, suburban retail in general is super strong. Uh, there's been really almost no new supply that's been built over the course of the last 15 years. Yes, in some markets there's been supply built, but in other markets there's been supply taken off. Um, and so when you look at it nationally where retail sales over the course of the last 15 years since the great financial crisis have increased by about 85% over that period of time. Uh, you know, US, pop, US GDPs increased by almost 30%, uh, US population by almost 10%. You know, retail real estate really has almost not grown at all, <laughs> you know, net square footage over that period of time. So you have really no new net supply that's come on. And at the same time, you've had, just by virtue of growth, you have demand increases, but then you also have you know, retail space being used for alternative purposes. And that's one of those things that was really accelerated during the pandemic. We we're all familiar with the term omni-channel retail. But what really took place in the pandemic was the uh, use of retail space for multiple purposes, click and collect, curbside pickup, and now really using that retail space as almost a mini fulfillment center, as well as a, tri a traditional shopping um, location. So that's created a lot of demand for physical retail space, particularly in the suburbs, because people are spending a lot more time in the suburbs now because they're working there. 
as because they're not commuting as often into the into the city centers. That is the part of retail that's more challenged. Um, and the part that often gets shown in the media because of the iconic nature of America's you know, city downtowns, um, urban retail is more challenged because office uh, is more challenged and office traffic is what that urban retail is dependent upon. So um, there's really a tale of two cities, so to speak. But remember, urban retail is really a small percentage of total retail square footage in the United States. Um, but that is more challenged because office is more challenged. Yeah. And I guess one of those challenges for urban retail in some markets uh, is crime, right? Yeah. Crime is a challenge uh, for retail uh, in multiple dimensions. Um, obviously, you know, if you if you don't have the kind of traffic and, and occupancy in, in, um, in downtowns, that has led to the increase in crime. But a broad issue that's impacting the industry is really organized retail crime, which is uh, getting a lot of attention in major cities, but quite frankly, it's spreading out into the suburbs as well. And this is different than just traditional shoplifting. These are, this is, as the name would suggest, organized, organized uh, groups that go in and commit crime for the purposes of not using the goods that they're stealing, but actually turning around and selling them typically online and an online marketplace, but in other forms as well. And uh, there's been a number of recent um, actions uh, at both the federal and, and state level and city level around organized retail crime. Most recently, there was a new bill passed in a bipartisan nature called the Inform Act that requires uh, online sellers to inform uh, customers as to what the where the source of those goods were. So if you're seeing a branded item on there, you should in fact see that that item came from the store or the brand upon which it represents as opposed to some other source. Um, that was just recently uh, passed and just became uh, uh, implemented. And so we'll start to see some additional restrictions around that. There's some other bills that are being proposed at the federal level. And you're seeing things that you know, at various state and municipal levels to mirror what's happening at the federal level, as well as some, you know, additional efforts around crime in general, including here in New York City, where I'm at, where Mayor Adams is, you know, has uh, made some you know, recent changes and announcements around dealing with retail crime. So it's a multidimensional effort. There's a lot of the things that you see in the news that are, you know, get a lot of attention and which are very fortunate and scary uh, that are happening in city centers. But the issue of organized retail crime, because is is broader, it's a very sophisticated network of organized crime that is, um, you know, going um, impacting retail across the country and selling goods, you know, on the internet and other means, and, and that needs to stop through federal legislation and increase crime enforcement. Well, it's excellent to hear that that something's being done to to try to curtail that that problem. Uh, you just you just hate hate to see some of these retailers just having to shut down, mm -hmm. and, and it hurts the communities uh, that they're in when they shut down, right? It, it does. I mean, you know, retail really is, you know, um, the lifeblood. You know, brings life to communities, right? If you think about a marketplace, it's really become, in so many ways, in a modern America, kind of the downtown or the community center where people gather. Uh, whether it's at the shopping, uh, whether it's at a local shopping center, whether it's at a coffee shop, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's at, um, you know, a, a larger retail center, whether it's just 
eating out um, in that marketplace. And, you know, when you see, if you see as a result of crime, some hollowed out space, that's going to, you know, deteriorate the community. Of course, it also impacts, you know, the finances of those communities as well. Uh, retail tends to be the largest source of uh, obviously sales tax revenue, often property tax revenue in that community. And so it's super important, um, you know, to communities across the U.S. and particularly, you know, um, urban centers. Yeah. Well, we, we have a division of our firm that sells shopping centers and strip centers, and uh, they move really, really well. There seems to be a lot of demand for these properties. And I guess part of that is, you know, obviously the, the performance now, but also, you know, what's expected for the future. You mentioned that uh, in most markets, uh, there's really not enough supply and a lot of demand. You know, what do you foresee for the future performance of uh, retail? Yeah, I, I think I think from a... a performance of a shopping center or a marketplace, it's going to be continue to be quite strong because of the lack of supply with you and, and an increase in demand for space. Uh, and the consumer, quite frankly, continues to be resilient. We've seen that throughout, um, you know, since the in, throughout the pandemic and the post pandemic world. I think tr I think the capital market activity around commercial real estate in general you know, could be a little bit more inconsistent uh, because of the rise of interest rates. Um, you know, quite frankly, we're really at a point where we're kind of at a historical cost of capital. Um, if you look back over a, you know, 20, 30 year time horizon, but the dramatic acceleration in rates uh, over a short period of time has really impacted transaction activity uh, in all commercial real estate sectors, you know, retail not being immune to that. So I think there's, the performance of the property is going to continue to be quite strong because the underlying fundamentals are there. But, you know, capital market um, transaction type of activity could be very inconsistent depending upon, you know, what happens with interest rates and, and how quickly how quickly the market can adjust to that. Yeah, yeah good point. And I think most retail properties, however, they're performing well. So so hopefully uh, they can handle, you know, when the when a, lent, when a borrower has a three and a half percent rate and then they have to refinance it at seven and a half maybe that is is quite a jump isn't it no it is i mean obviously the underlying economics were underwritten at a certain assumption of the cost of money and that assumption has changed so you know i think i think the contrast to you know office which tends to have very long term leases um on one end of the spectrum and of course you have something like hospitality on the other end of the spectrum, which has, you know, by definition, the shortest term leases, because you just have people check in and out on a daily or, or a couple day basis, you know, retail somewhat in the middle in regards to lease duration and so forth. So it gives you some flexibility in regards to changing, um, you know, the cost of, of rent. Uh, but that inc that's inflationary too. So I, you know, I think all those things in the mix, have to, you know, have to be balanced. But yeah, I mean, if you're, it's, it's a challenging environment if you need to raise, you know, if you need to refinance right now, um, you know, it's a much more challenging environment than it was two years ago. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love retail real estate too, because, you know, one of the things it's, it's usually good real estate, if you will. I mean, it's good property, right? It's, it's possibly main and main and has visibility and has good access and uh, can be used for, multiple, multiple things, uh, you know, as we were talking before the show, you know, a lot of the, of these properties are building hotels, uh, and, uh, multifamily on them and making a more vibrant mixed use rather than just, just malls. And 
Um, we're talking with Tom McGee. Tom is CEO of ICSC. And Tom, I'd like to get some strategies, some ideas from you for maybe a, a landlord uh, in the current market and then also for tenants. So first of all, for the, for the landlords out there, what kind of tips or strategies would you give them uh, right now to think about? You know, I think I think what's old is new in some respects, right? So, you know, the first the first um, um, rule of real estate is obviously always location, right? And and so, if you have a property, you really need to understand, you know, where you're located and what are the demographics and needs of that community. And so, I think, you know, curating the mix, um, merchandising your property uh, to fit the community is job number one. Um, Second, it's a competitive marketplace, and so you're, you know, investing in that property uh, to ensure that it has, you know, it has the look and feel and modern amenities that are necessary. Whether that's an open air center or a mall is 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 super, you know, is super important. Um, you know, and third, you know, having the right type of relationships with your tenant um, is is important. Supporting, you know, these broader trends that are happening around curbside pickup and click and collect and so forth. And if you think about those things, whether you're a regional mall or a, um, a Target or Walmart or Costco anchored center or a grocery anchored neighborhood center, um, you know, they all have implications for things like just curbside pickup and click and collect have implications in regards to traffic flow. Um, and, you know, the management of, of how people navigate, you know, the parking structure and so forth. And while those may seem small, they're actually quite big because that you, you want to reduce friction in people's shopping experience or they're not going to come. So I think that's super important on the retailer side, on the tenant side. Look, I think I, I, I think there's one, you know, cardinal rule in, in retail, which is merchandising is is super important and then customer service is super important so you know they're they're interrelated so um that's why i said what's old is new i mean these rules of what makes a successful retailer and a successful center haven't really changed now what what you do to implement against those rules might change so i think merchandising is super important i think customer service is important and i think investing you know in your store network is is super important so people because people are you, you, it is competitive and you have to entice people to come to the store versus shopping online. And so investing in your store, making sure that it's clean, um, represents your brand in an effective way that your, uh, your workers represent your brand, uh, employees and teammates represent your brand in the right way are properly trained is super important because those are things that people can't get online. They, they, they can ask somebody a real question and get a real answer in a store and an informed answer. So training, uh, approachability service are, are super important. And, and I would say one other thing, you know, back to these trends of click and collect and curbside pickup and really the support of online, the use of physical retail as a mini fulfillment center, the way your store is, it goes back to merchandising, how your store is laid out can't be the same as it as how it was laid out 10 years ago. If you're going to support online sales, there needs to be an efficient way for customers to come into the store, pick up that order and leave in an efficient manner. Um, or they're going to ask for that to be shipped to their house. And, and it is a 
incredibly important for retailers. I mean, we've grown up with this idea that shipping is somehow a constant, free shipping is somehow a constitutional right, but it really isn't. Somebody pays for that shipping. And typically it's the, it's the retailer. And so if you can entice your customer, support your customer to come to the store to pick up an item that they ordered online, um, not only do you have an opportunity to interact with your customer, create a great brand impression with them, but you have saved the shipping costs. And so your margin, it's a much more profitable sale for you. And of course, then you also have the pull through opportunity of potentially somebody buying something else when they're in the store. And so there's a lot to that that I think is super important for, you know, for both uh, property owners and, and tenants to think about. Yeah, those are some great points. And I love the one about about your staff. And I know it's it's a difficult time to, to get employees that or do a good job. And I think it's real important that uh, the customers are welcomed and, and feel taken care of by knowledgeable uh, staff. I love that one. And uh, and then, uh, you know, for the landlord side, I like all the great ideas there. And I'm sure this is one uh, that you'd recommend as well is, is uh, EV charging, uh, electric vehicle Absolutely. charging. You know, there's more and more demand for that. And, and if they've got to sit there for 20, 30 minutes or an hour to charge their vehicle, why not do it in these retail centers, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's a, uh, it has the double benefit of one, utilizing, oftentimes utilizing underutilized space, which, you know, is a, is a parking um, lot or parking a garage. And then secondly, it's, it's a way to, to encourage people to go shopping. So, so you get the double benefit of it. So absolutely. Uh, very good point, Michael. Well, great. Well, what would you leave our audience with, Tom, to think about related to retail? Um, look, I think this is a, a dynamic industry. Um, it, retail has always been dynamic. Um, there is a lot of changes that are happening in the, in the economy, in the marketplace. Um, but retail, you know, we were at the epicenter the absolute epicenter of the pandemic when people could not go out shopping uh, for the most part. And yet this industry has emerged in a stronger position. And who would have thought that, um, you know, in the midst of the summer of 2020, when we were all uh, super worried about, you know, the future of this industry and people congregating together again. And here we are now with demand being at its super high level and supply being, um, you know, limited. So you have this demand supply mismatch. And I, I, I'm very bullish on the industry long-term. I do recognize there's some challenges, um, you know, given inflation, which we haven't really talked about and given, you know, interest rates, but from a long-term perspective, because particularly because of that, you know, supply constraint, I'm very bullish on, on retail real estate. Great. Well, good information, Tom. Thank you for joining us, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us around the country. And also add, uh, uh, as I said earlier, I do recommend being a member of ICSE if you have anything to do with retail. And they've been developing some technology, too. They have a system called Marketplace IQ, and it's free for members. Uh, you'll, you'll love this technology. You'll want to check it out. Uh, hey, if you will be in Atlanta October 17th and 18th, uh, reach out and say hello. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show.
America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For commercial brokerage sales and leasing in the Southeast U.S., contact our show host by email at michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success Strategies, 21 incredible one-hour agent training videos. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. By C5 CCIM Summit, three days of commercial real estate networking, learning, and investing. Learn more and register at c5summit.realestate. And by Lumet. For senior housing, healthcare, and multifamily financing, visit lumet.com. For more podcasts and videos, subscribe and visit CREshow.com.